No playing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to D20 Dude, the tabletop role-playing game where the die decides your topic. I'm Dylan. I'm Molly. And today, we might just dig too deep. We will. Do you know what happens when you dig too deep? Yeah, you fall out of the other side of the earth. Clowns. Clowns? Clowns happen. Okay. I'm going to have to. You're going to have to explain that to me, please, and how it relates to this. I won't. I absolutely (laughs) will not. We're going to talk. That's rude. My life. Hmm. We're going to talk about games. So Dwarf Fortress is the one that inspired this, but there's a lot of games that are in that same vein as like Dwarf Fortress. You got like RimWorld. You got uh, Star Deus. There's all kinds of games coming out lately that kind of follow the same formula and do the same things. Yeah, as Dwarf Fortress, especially farming simulators currently too. Farming simulators. Yeah, no farming simulators. Well, I mean, like if we're gonna talk about things that are popping off, it's like strategy-based simulators, and farming simulators fall underneath those. It's not quite where I'm going with it. Shush. I so need Dwarf not Fortress. explain to you either. Dwarf Fortress is is be dope mm-hmm. because it is what is known as a story generator. It's it's honestly generous to call things like Dwarf Fortress games because the gameplay mostly in in encompasses like making sure everybody doesn't fucking die of their own incompetence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other good things uh, for this are are things like uh, Space Station 13, mm-hmm. where it's just like things are going insane. Like you, you cannot rely on anyone to use any amount of common sense and you, ugh, ugh, everything's going to go wrong. But you know what? You know what about that? You know what about everything going wrong? It's interesting. It makes for a good story. Yeah, and if you're going for RPing, it's an excellent way to just RP with other people. Also RPing the wackiest shit. Not that I've played, but I have watched videos. <laughs> wackiest shit. Yes. Help, he's turning her into a Papa John's. <laughs> Make me into a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> These games are really good, uh, especially for GMs, because they do so much work for you. They can lighten your workload in such an enjoyable way. You can load up a new game of Dwarf Fortress. So you've never played the game before in your life. The first thing you got to do is you make a world. Blam, you push a button, you've got mountains, you've got rivers, you've got deserts, you've got swamps, you've got forests, you've got volcanoes. You got all kinds of crazy shit going on. You got an entire landscape made. If you needed a a world map for your game, boom, there it is. You've got it. There's your map. Mm-hmm. And that that's literally like the you just opened up the game and that's what you get is an entire world map. What do you need before you can start playing Dwarf Fortress? What do you need after you generate the world? Boom, 200 years of world history gets generated. Civilizations get placed Major events happen. Uh, different races get placed on the map, and they have different settlements. They have places of like high traffic, trade routes, and things. 
Boom. Now your world map's fucking populated, dog. That is so much of a GM's initial work done in like two minutes. It just does all that for you. And then, then you get to pick a spot, embark in the world. You've got seven dwarves and you got to help them survive. And the act of starting up some farms, getting some dwarves to start crafting vital supplies and utilities, that's not terribly difficult or straining or really interesting unless you're an idiot like me who will sit there and watch a dwarf throw pebbles at a wall for four hours because I find dwarves inherently interesting. But you know what? A bunch of weird shit's about to start happening to those dwarves. And you cannot play Dwarf Fortress for any significant length of time and not come out of it with a story. And that is what these kinds of games excel at. Choices. So let me tell you. Or not choices, because I'm not really following the pebble thing, but keep going. Well, that's just me being a fucking moron. Why is he throwing pebbles at a wall? Dwarves, Molly. Was he building? What was he doing? He was bored, so he's throwing rocks at a wall. Oh, that's fascinating. Why not? Sure. Why not drink? Because he was already he was already drunk. (laughs) You really can't expect them not to be drunk, Molly. It's kind of what they do. Okay. (laughs) But like, okay, let me tell you, I had a dwarf. No, here, you know what? Let me let me set the scene. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is an island far to the east. It is a massive expanse of land that is almost entirely uninhabited. Save for if you went to the northeastern corner of this island, you would find a single building. It is built out of blocks of the pink stone that was quarried out of a nearby hillside. Inside, this place known as the World's End Tavern, are about a dozen dwarves, ten of them sitting around tables, drinking, chatting, singing songs, having a good time, one of them playing an instrument to be musical accompaniment to what is happening. Another one is a barmaid serving drinks to people who come and go from the tavern. It seems like, against all odds, there is just a small population of dwarves singing and dancing and having a good time at this tavern at the end of the world that no one else can reach. No one knows where they get their supplies from. No one knows where these dwarves came from or even how they got there. But they're there, drinking, singing, having a merry old time. When <gasps> What is that? On the horizon. The flapping of monstrously large wings buffets the side of this tavern. All of the dwarves immediately put on alert. They don't know what's going on, but what they do know is that they are unarmed and unprepared for this. So what do they do? They hop into a trap door that is in the corner of this tavern. They all run down. For all intents and purposes, this building now seems to be completely abandoned. Until 20 more dwarves in gleaming resplendent plate armor, 10 of them wielding swords and shields, 10 of them wielding massive war hammers, come charging out of this trap door. They engage this dragon, for no, they will not let it take their home. But lo, the dragon's breath lays fiery waste to the landscape around them, and they 
can do little more than hide behind nearby rocks in order to shield themselves from the furious flames of this dragon's ire. It seems as though they may be overwhelmed by this dragon until one of these dwarves, taken by his battle fury, decides to charge into the flames. He jumps. He stabs at the dragon. It does some damage, but it's not enough. It knocks the sword from his hands. This dwarf, in his fury, drops his shield, jumps up into the air, and grabs this dragon's neck, wrestling it to the ground, where it burns to death in its own flames, sacrificing himself in the process. This one courageous dwarf, who was named King post-mortem, was the only casualty of this dragon attack. Molly, that is an actual event that happened to me in Dwarf Fortress. But I'm guessing extremely embellished. Not really. Really? So they had that really? much flavor text in the game? I haven't played it before. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of flavor text. These are the events as told in my words. This is what happened. <laughs> that's what I meant by emphasis. Well, that's that's not embellishment, though. Like Embellishment's like playing it up, like. No, oh, I'm going to exaggerate. No, these are the actual events that happened. Underneath <laughs> that one singular stone tavern was an entire sprawling dwarven civilization underground using just this one tavern as a front. <laughs> that's like, that's fascinating. Could like, if I were to make any random Pathfinder or D&D world, I would probably include the World's End Tavern as part of it. Because... Those events, having their deceased king, this great dragon slayer who sacrificed himself to wrestle the dragon to burn to death in its own flames. Molly, that's the dopest shit I've ever fucking heard. That's really dope. It's uh, cool as fuck. Here's my medieval simulator story. I had this one character who was a new person in my little settlement. And normally my settlers were pretty okay with doing their chores and everything and no one had any major issues it was my own tiny cult and then she came in and for some reason she was so unhappy if her room was even slightly the same or under decorated as everyone else's room she was hyper jealous and apparently it's just a feature that came in because all of their traits were randomized and i thought it was really funny and annoying you know and if you're looking for story you get these weird things thrown in to your little story that you hadn't planned and you have to kind of think around it. I guess and it's also great, right? DMs, right? Like you could, you could just make that little settlement you have. You're mm -hmm. having these weird issues. Like in interpersonal this game. issues. And I was playing it on like peaceful basically. And there is a, a harder mode where there's like bandits that come over and just attack your little settlement constantly. I'm kind of a chillax and max max out things sort of person. Um, but yeah, you just you could have this little little interpersonal conflicts just keep happening because sometimes the game would just tell you, oh, these two decided to get in an argument for like no reason at all. And for some reason, this person decided to walk through a religious sanctuary of their of the opposing religion. And they really hated that. And <laughs> Sometimes I just watch them going, what are you fucking doing? And then other times I go like, hmm, this would make a very interesting little story. And it's great because like you can take those things, those like mm -hmm. events 
And you can just you can build a quest off of that shit in mm-hmm. just seconds. It takes nothing because all the work has already done for you. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is make it interesting. All you got to do is make it engaging for your players. But like, like you're you're jealous person, the person who doesn't like it if their room isn't as well decorated as everyone else's, or it's oh my god, like, she's like doesn't have the fanciest room. My that, room is too be... small. It's the same size as everyone else's, down to a square. It's too small. I'm like, it's not too small. You're just picky. Oh, and blam. You, you set your players in a town like that. Somebody's been murdered and they got to figure out who it was. That's a fantastic red herring. Right. And they could just as easily have been killed by, I don't know, the bandits, wandering traders or the wildlife that you're attempting to tame for some reason. Yeah. Wild boar number three did it. And everyone refuses to acknowledge because mm-hmm. they're all pissed off at this person who keeps mm-hmm. complaining about their room. And weirdly enough, she's them. also the person that's supposed to be good with animals. So I don't know why the player would assign her to go tame all these wolves. That's weird. That wouldn't happen. Uh, <laughs> you could just have them do different things like you were able to basically like assign their schedules too so you could make it so that one person is like a morning person or something it's mm-hmm. so easy to really Sim- just like simulation games are fine and we were just talking about the sims a little tiny bit where you are able to build stories with your sims and like randomize their traits uh, i also like whenever i'm building a house and decorating it sometimes i think like if uh, there was like a painter living here. What kinds of clutter would they have around or what would they have in their kitchen? And if they really like cooking, what it would look like if they hated cooking, <laughs> what would it look like? Stuff like that. And the paint goblin who lives in their basement and can never leave, but for some reason supplies infinite revenue to the entire family that no one knows about. <laughs> mm. Weird. I wonder if it's from commissions, sexy commissions. Of course. <laughs> Furry porn artists make 10,000 times more than any other artist. In the I world. know, right? If only I could draw anything. If only. <laughs> I can draw a piece of cake. Ooh. I'm great at simple shapes. <laughs> Let me tell you another story. This one happened to me in RimWorld. Mm-hmm. I had this guy. Uh, he was, for lack of a better term, a turbo nerd. <laughs> yeah. I can't re- I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But like if Zach listens to this episode, he's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So, we're going to have the characters are Jock and Turbo Nerd, okay? Mm-hmm. Turbo Nerd is working on his thing. He's making little robots. He's having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh just being like doing his Turbo Nerd stuff. Jock decides he's going to go on a tantrum. He wants to beat the shit out of Turbo Nerd. Why? Because he's he's just having a bad time and he wants to beat the shit out of somebody and Turbo Nerd looks like an easy target. I see. So he runs over and just starts beating the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. The colony's officer decides, I need to go and break this up. And due to an unfortunate misclick, has mm-hmm. accidentally arrested Turbo Nerd instead of the jock. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Whoops. That's not correct. Oh. But it seems I don't have an option to just let Turbo Nerd go. I have to like reconvince him to join the colony. Right. This oh my is gosh. dumb, but I'm having so to do this. <laughs> I was playing going medieval and I was trying to get them to mine out down to like the third floor of the thing. 
and they accidentally like I didn't I wasn't watching them well enough to tell them which blocks to do it strategically. So they just mined straight down and then were trapped there. Well done. <laughs> I'm like, and then they were like, everyone in the colony is super unhappy. And it's just these two down there starving to death. And I go, well, build the stairs faster. Oh, my God. And that could be like a mine collapse of some kind. Now, here's where it gets funny. Um, Turbo Nerd, in his incarceration, his mm -hmm. fully undeserved incarceration, mm -hmm. um, is hanging out with another prisoner I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, Jock has another tantrum and decides, I'm going to help the I'm going to help this man break out of prison to to be an asshole to the rest of the colony <laughs> and freeze Turbo Nerd from his imprisonment. And as he attempts to run. Officer comes in and starts resubduing Turbo Nerd, at mm -hmm. which point Jock says, oh no, a prison break, and starts beating the shit out of Turbo Nerd again. <laughs> hey man, I won't tell anybody. You can just go. And then beats the fuck out of him for trying to leave. These two have such a long-standing grudge that when it got to the point that Turbo, like, there was an option for me to turn one, and only one, of my, uh, <laughs> Of my colonists into a super powerful fucking vampire. And I chose Turbo Nerd. <laughs> and Turbo Nerd didn't take no shit no more. Mm -mm. He was an immortal vampire. So, and he was gonna fuck your whole day up. So did he go from uh, Turbo Nerd to nice guy or bad guy? He was in fairly poor spirits for quite a long time. It took a while for him to really get back up to speed. But like at that point, like Jock, who at that who just really liked beating up Turbo Nerd, uh, started getting the shit kicked out of him constantly mm -hmm. to the point where uh, both of his legs got punched completely off, <laughs> oh. and he just yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't a problem for a while. Eventually, I got him some new legs, but like Rimworld's fucking fun, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I just love how how easy like these games they make they generate large world maps mm -hmm. they give you a play area they give you settlements that are nearby that you can interact with they give you like i'm actually running a game of dwarf fortress right now that is um a settlement that is owned by the dwarven capital of borromeo mm -hmm. whom my party has recently become no like a minor nobility of so they mm -hmm. like this is their colony it's it's their responsibility to make sure that this colony flourishes and as a result they get to take a significant portion of those resources in tax mm -hmm. so i uh i had the uh, captain of the ship that they're mm -hmm. currently running i mm -hmm. decided you know you're gonna like i'll stream this and you make big important decisions you tell me what do i need to build uh, what resources should I be looking for? Should I t just take advantage of what I can find or should I look for anything specific? Mm -hmm. um, now, this place is just fucking full to the tits with iron ore. Like, there is an unreasonable amount of iron ore. So we just decided to capitalize on that. There is so much iron in this settlement that the next time that we're playing and they're really going to go out and adventure and they're going to come back to the settlement and they're going to see what's going on and be like, hey, here is your portion of the iron ingots that we have smelted and are ready for sale. And they're, they're just going to have like fucking 10 tons of iron that they don't know what to do with. <laughs>
And even then, there's like a lot of crazy stuff going on there. Like that place has been getting raided constantly because one of the dwarves made a uh, a really, really fancy artifact, like something that's really important and culturally significant to them. So it's worth a lot of money. Uh, and a human mercenary was visiting and found out about it mm-hmm. and has been telling a bunch of bandits about it. So people have been sneaking in under the guise of saying, hey, I'm, I'm just going to come and sing and dance and drink at your tavern. And really their motive is they're trying to get close to the artifact so they can steal it. Ooh. And that's like a whole that's that's a whole thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like they've got this thing and you need to figure out, like, where can we put this or what should we do with it to keep it safe? Mm-hmm. Because people keep trying to steal this artifact of religious significance of us. It's cool, Molly. Molly, it's cool. <laughs> it sounds really cool. It just makes quests for you. Here's your quest generator, sir. Here you are. Good luck. Enjoy. Poor <gasps> Fortress is very hard. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, sorry. Go ahead. I have not have I ever told you the Fortress. tale. Uh, which tale? The tale of my very first fort that I ever made in Dwarf Fortress. Okay. I have not told you this tale. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing. I watched a couple of videos. I read some articles on the wiki, but this was way back in like 2012. Had no idea what I was doing in a game of Dwarf Fortress. Mm-hmm. Fucking no clue. Little baby Dylan. I decide my fortress would be incredibly defensible if I built the whole thing into this valleyway where the end of the valley is the entrance into our fort. And I just dig a moat Mm -hmm. so that nothing could possibly jump across. I just have a drawbridge. And if threats actually come, I just raise the drawbridge. Eventually they get bored and they leave. Easy peasy, right? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, Molly, this strategy worked perfectly golden that first fort lasted fucking two decades easy until i fucked up and i (laughs) fucked up bad see using only that moat as a means of defending myself meant never at any point did i figure anything out about how to actually do any military shit had no idea how to do any of that stuff (laughs) so i had an elven trade convoy come in they came over the drawbridge into the depot. They set their wagons. They started proffering their goods for trade. And we made our little exchanges. I made some money. They made some money. Everyone's having a good old time. At, <gasps> What's that? <laughs> Ogres on the horizon. They've come to pillage our mountain home, take our gold for their own, and feast upon the dwarves that live within. I said, nah, raise the drawbridge. So I raise the drawbridge and the ogres, they, they stomp and they growl, but they can't get across the moat. There's no way. Eventually they leave. I forget to lower the drawbridge. Hmm. The elves, they will not take any of your supplies mm-hmm. or eat any of their own. <laughs> the why? elven caravan leader waiting to be released from his imprisonment in the mountain home <laughs> starves to death. Wow. Driving his horse into a murderous rage. This horse goes insane, starts galloping its way through the entire mountain, 
kicking to death anyone who gets close. Oh god, the carnage. No one knows how to fight. There's not even any weapons if they did. Oh god, no one can punch out a horse. It's a horse. It's three times the size of any of these dwarves. Oh no, it just killed the administrator. Oh god, what are we gonna do? Ah, I don't know. Make a military. Very quickly. Set them upon the horse to see if they can tame it. I made a squad of my ten most capable looking dwarves and they all run in. Getting stomped to death underneath the furious hooves of this horse. Oh, woe is us. Who could possibly stop such a devastating beast from laying waste to our entire civilization? Oh no, what's that? It's gone into the nursery. The babies. Dear God, not the children. It fucking destroyed the entire fortress in minutes. (laughs) That's really special. It was so fucked. I had no idea what to do about it. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Oh, but who wouldn't want to go on a quest to vanquish the death horse who had slain the dwarves of the mountain home? I certainly would. (laughs) It's absolutely my favorite Dwarf Fortress story I've ever gotten. Like, silly events have happened to me in every game I've ever played of Dwarf Fortress. The game's just goofy, but the horse destroying my entire civilization due to negligence. Nothing will ever top it. <laughs> and you're like, and I didn't even have to lift a finger. That's <laughs> nope. yeah, a good, it's the greatest story ever written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fuck you, never ending story. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, war and peace. <laughs> Eat your heart out. <laughs> It's banane. And like, it's just, you see these kinds of games, like a lot of people refuse to play them because of how complex they are. And yeah, they can be. But really, if you're going to be a dungeon master, game master, a keeper of arcane lore, as it's called in uh, Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. there are games out there called story generators. Dwarf Fortress being one of them, RimWorld being one of them, these kinds of games are going to be invaluable to you, especially if you're the kind of person who, like, it's easy to get burnt out. Like, if you're having to write everything out yourself, mm-hmm. make all these different histories, it it's very easy to burn yourself out because it can be a lot of work. Tis. Having something that can just generate content for you on the quick fast, mm-hmm. invaluable tool. Invaluable. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mrs. Malamus, yes, we're coming up on our time for this week. Do you have any closing thoughts or state malts? None particularly. I think we talked a lot about different sorts of simulations and what we like about playing simulations and some fun stories. And I think that's pretty good. You'll never get a better story than one out of Power Wash Simulator. Correct. <laughs> you gotta right, make then, the I best will... stories are the one you make yourself. Oh. oh, just like the friends along oh. the way. Oh. oh, Pirates are always looking for treasure, but the real treasure was the friends they made along the way. Oh, oh. I'm throw oh. one piece straight in the fire if they do that. All right, so I'm going to roll this 20-sided polyhedron mm-hmm. that I happen to have on hand, and we will see what next week's episode is going to be all about. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it is number one. We will be talking about the demons of Warhammer 40k. Ooh. There 
They're 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 weird. Oh. They're they're bizarre. Why? <laughs> Lots of reasons we'll get into. Oh, that's fair, okay. We should have done the socials first, because now people will skip them. Oh no! Oh no. Oh well, we'll do them now. Facebook.com slash D20 dudes if you want to find us on Facebook. Uh twitter.com slash D20 dudes if you want to contact us there or at D20 dudes on Twitter. If you wanna give us episode suggestions or berate me verbally. Um and we have a link down in the description for the Discord that is open to everyone. But you know what? You know what else, Molly? Do you know what else? What else? I said, I said to my co-host this. I said, hey, if I can get back on a consistent recording and uploading schedule, if I can do this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will reopen the Patreon for you people who insist on giving me money for some reason. Oh. I said, if I can do this for one month, the Patreon comes back. Molly? Or have you been on top ha- of it? Did you do it the thing? It has been done. This nice. goal has been met, and by the time this episode is up the Patreon will be once again open. I'll well, work a little bit on figuring out like what's, what some good Patreon rewards are, but we'll be getting back to the shout-outs at the very least. Nice. So! Look forward to that, and we will catch you in next week's episode. Farewell. Farewell.